from KQED. This is Queued Up, Storytelling with Heart. I'm John Sepulveda. You've been listening to our first season of Queued Up. We've called it American Suburb. It's been stories about the flip side of gentrification. We focused on the town of Antioch in the Bay Area. Joining us are the reporters who brought us this series, Sandy Dirks and Devin Kadiyama. How are you doing? Doing okay. Doing good, John. After a year in Antioch, all these stories are done. I'm curious how you guys feel when you look back at this body of work. How do you feel? First off, being done just feels good. <laughs> um, but also waiting for that feedback, waiting for those comments to come in to, to see how the public reacts. We have a partnership with Nextdoor, so we've been putting our stories out there. And for the most part, the comments have been positive. Uh, either people sharing their personal experiences, having moved out to Antioch or having lived in Antioch before. So I guess that was one of the things I was really looking out for. I think I feel like um, in some ways we've only scratched the surface um, because you can't really tell the story of a town, you you know, even if you have thousands and thousands of pages. Perhaps if you're a Russian novelist, you can (laughs) tell the story of a town. But it's 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 such a huge undertaking and it's such a difficult story. I mean, anytime you talk about race in these complex ways, you wade into some pretty murky waters. Really curious how the town responded uh, specifically to your piece, Sonia. Um, So... In a very mixed way. Um, one of my main characters, uh, a woman named Iris Archuleta, um, had a lot of issues with uh, the series. And in fact, I included that in the story that I did about her because I thought it was important to, you know, as we're making this thing in sort of real time, to really include some of the feedback and try to understand what we were doing, what it meant, and how it was resonating. Um, And just briefly remind us who Iris is again. Iris Archuleta is a a major player in in sort of political and social life in Antioch. She's an African-American woman who has been a resident for a very long time, over, I mean, I think a couple of decades, who really believes in the city and whose identity is really caught up in this idea of Antioch and Antioch as a beautiful, wonderful place. One of the most interesting critiques that Iris had was actually of a, of a different story, a story um, called How to Survive an Exodus. And in How to Survive an Exodus, it featured a character named Thomas Hutchins, who had migrated out to Antioch from Oakland. And he brought his, he went out there because the schools were better, better chance for his kids, better life. Um, And he said one of the reasons he was glad his kids were going to school out there was because they learned to to talk better, that they talked proper. And Iris had a really, really big bone to pick about that. She felt that we were stereotyping. Well, talk proper is code for talk white. Right. And so when she was saying that this was stereotyping, what she was really getting at was... Her critique was that the choice that I made to use that piece of tape was playing into a stereotype of poor African-Americans moving out to Antioch. I think that also... Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that goes to to the the range of experiences and the range of people's opinions about the city. That kind of speaks directly to that. You could talk to one person on one side of town and get one story, then go just next door or across town and get a completely different vision of Antioch. And we saw that time and again with, with people that we talked to. I mean, that's the thing. That was Thomas's story. And Thomas had every right to tell his story in the way that he wanted to. And his story is one story of Antioch. Iris's is another. And, you know, not every story matches up. Tell us about the police chief you originally first met when you came to Antioch. Uh, Chief Alan Contando. 
retired uh, uh, from the Antioch Police Department, and he took a job uh, with Bank of America in Concord. So he's moved on, um, and we'll, we'll have to see what happens with the Antioch Police Department. The city manager, who a lot of people criticized as not having a vision, is now out. The city council has kind of flipped some seats. Uh, it is more diverse now. I can't remember exactly. Two African-American, two African-American council council members were elected last fall. The African-American mayor um, was not reelected. That's to say that a lot of people are optimistic that kind of the, cha- the changes from the recent election are representative of the changes of the city. That's what they hope. That's to be seen. Um, but we we are seeing more diversity on the council, diversity in terms of how long people have even lived there. I know one of the um, council members, Lamar Thorpe, is an, a 10-year-old resident, which is you know relatively recent if you want to compare it to everybody else. Mm. The one thing I think Devin is talking about in terms of the sort of who is leading Antioch and what is changing and the hopes for the future are that, you know, look, all of this, 20 years is not a long time. And when you see a demographic change happen in 20 years, that's really quick in the life of a town. So maybe the town is catching up. Maybe it's getting representation where it needs. Maybe the right people are, you know, coming up and stepping up from the community. So, you know, maybe these problems that were of the past had to do with quite literally growing pains. And maybe the town is growing into its new identity. So at the very beginning of this, I asked you how y'all felt. And I would like to hear before we leave uh, and, and before we end this first season of Queued Up, uh, anecdotes that stuck with you. And I'd like one from each of you. Uh, we'll start with you, Devin. So I remember on one of the few days when I just went to Antioch and just walked around and looked for people and just explored the city. I remember passing by this one park and I saw this man with his belongings sitting under a tree. He had a bike with a bag of stuff. And he was homeless. His name was Hector Martinez. And he said he grew up in eastern Contra Costa County his whole life. But he spent one year in Concord homeless. And this is the short conversation I had with him. Well, tell me, why'd you, why'd you go to Concord? Uh, I went to Concord because uh, there's more accessibility to stuff over there, like... Uh, um, programs and, and whatnot, you know, I went to a few uh, drug and alcohol programs and... Why, why'd you decide to come back to East County or come to Antioch after Concord? Well, because the cops in Concord really messes you, man. I was ended up in, I was going to jail all the time over there, you know, for, you know, petty stuff. You know, one thing after another, and I'm, I'm not innocent, I, I'd get drunk too and sometimes I needed to be in jail, but, you know, uh, you know, over there it was just like if you're homeless, you know, you're targeted to go to jail. You know, what's it like here? Here, uh, here the cops, uh, they pulled me over at first a few times, checked me for you know drugs and stuff, see what I was doing, and they kind of know I just recycle and mind my own business and I don't bother anybody's property or anything. You know, so you know they they see me around and see what I'm doing and they they, they leave me alone. Really, a little bit more tolerant out here. Yeah, I was I would say they're. Well, they don't harass you that much as like the other, like Concord and some other cities I've been in. You ever consider going to West County? No. <laughs> Why is that? Because, man, you get shot out there. <laughs> that conversation with Hector was so representative of a lot of the conversations that I had with people in Antioch where they just couldn't find services in Antioch, so they had to go somewhere else. Mm. Uh, Sandhya. What did you find that you want to share with us? Okay, so a lot of my stories were pretty um, serious and um, sad. You don't say. (laughs) 
So the anecdote that I want to share is a funny one. Um, well, it's about time. I know, I'm right? Nine, nine episodes deep. <laughs> you had to wait for the punchline. Um, it is not totally funny. We know that one of the things that Antioch doesn't have and that Brentwood, the town next to it, doesn't have is they don't have BART. And this is a big bone of contention if you live in either of those two cities. And more than 50% of people who live in Antioch are commuting to work in the in the Bay Area. Hmm. So that's, you know, two hours, if you're lucky, one way. When we first did this project, we got this tour from this guy named Alex Shafrin, who's actually writing or has written the book on Contra Costa County. Um, and he took us out there and he took us out to Brentwood to the the park and ride. Um, and the reason he took us out there was to show us a physical object that sort of represents the bartlessness of the thing. You can pull up, this is where we're going, but you should just pull over. You have to, you have to come out and see this. This is the really the only major public transport uh, sort of center in Brentwood. This is where the Tri-Delta transport. So it's like, if you're gonna begin, if you're gonna try to get from Brentwood into the rest of the Bay Area, uh, via public transport, this is where you begin your many-hour journey. Um, and they built this little, it's kind of indescribable piece of kind of sculpture that says Bart on it. It's a it's a pathetic rusted hitching post yeah. <laughs> with that looks like a sort of no explanation. No, no explanation. explanation. It looks like it's um, a weld like a weld community college welding classes. Like first project, like that's what the BART sign looks like. And then a sad little patch of track behind it as if to demonstrate what BART would be like if BART was here. Etched in this concrete, it says, never say die, 1972, which was the year BART started Sorry running. Running, yeah, so that might be it. Oh but my I think, God. Yeah. I don't know whether this is done to symbolize BART coming or to entice BART to come out here. But, um, or to bemoan. <laughs> or to bemoan Bart's lack of coming. Yeah, so there's a whole story behind this weird little sculpture that the town put up as a kind of giant FU to Bart for not getting out there. So there are these moments where you get this real sense of personality and the sort of rebel spirit of these outlying cities. Sonia Dirks and Devin Kadiyama, they brought us the series American Suburb, our first season on Queued Up. I want to thank you all so much for your reporting. Thanks, John. Thank you. That concludes American Suburb, our first season on Queued Up. Next week, we have a special Queued Up story from reporter April Domboski. A young man in his early 20s finds out he's going to lose his hearing. Completely. So he starts memorizing what will become the soundtrack for the rest of his life. And I remember listening to Beck and being in our new apartment with boxes everywhere and dancing to Beck, and it was the first time I told her, I think I'm falling in love with you. The soundtrack of silence. That's on the next Queued Up. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.